All right, Sharon, I can't do this anymore. We need an intro. Okay. You have your agent call my agent, and they'll uh, they'll do a you know studio one of those group things. <laughs> a studio, one of the <laughs> one of those group things where they ask normal everyday Americans what they think, mm. and. Uh, I'm sure. And like I, like I'm, the one about the, we need no steering wheel see, this and a, no room for your mother-in-law. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking about. No we're, room we're, we're for your mother-in-law. Diverted or gotten distracted. What's the word? Tangented. We've already... Tangented? We've already tangented. Tangented. And have several mispronunciations of words. Pronunciations. And, <laughs> forgotten lot and forgotten words this is this this is honestly i, I did it i didn't go to four years of podcasting school for this oh god it's not funny when you say things <laughs> like that <laughs> hello you know why because that's, that's hip hop <laughs> oh god um <laughs> hello Beep these feet uh this is this is a podcast yeah. named called, is called, The Actor of Our Why don't Generation. Why you just say welcome to Actor of Our Generation? It's That's very correct. simple. Welcome to Actor of Our Generation, Adam Scott. Uh, I'm Ferris. And I'm Shireen. Uh, on this slightly satirical podcast, we go through Adam Scott's filmography one entry at a time uh, to prove once and for all that he is the greatest actor of our generation. Sure. This week's movie <laughs> is the 2005? Ferris, you have the IMDb open. Just look. Just scroll up. 2004. 2004 movie, The Aviator, Ooh. starring Adam Scott. No, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, I mean, who is actually the actor of our generation. Just going to say this now. Okay. Was it really starring? It, it was. It was starring Adam Scott. Oh, he, like, did, did Leonardo Leo even do anything? Yes. The reason we watched this video, this movie, is to watch the actor of our generation and Leonardo DiCaprio. But Leonardo DiCaprio is considered to be the actor of our generation by, by majority of human beings. By some, like be, people by, have been asking if actors are the next Leo. You know, that's some basic bitches. He's so good, though. Some basic. And I'm sorry. I would put John C. Riley ahead of Adam Scott, and that's because I love John C. Riley. <laughs> I adore John C. Riley. Well, we only, this podcast is only slightly satirical, Sharon. Only slightly. <laughs> Just a smidgen. <laughs> this is fact, though. What I'm saying is not satirical. I love Leonardo DiCaprio, and I love John C. Riley. Hearing about this, my agent, your agent. I have an agent. Yes, very angry right now. Okay, continue, please. Uh, so, <laughs> we took last week off. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving because of Thanksgiving. Best holiday. It is the second best holiday. What's the best holiday? Well, it's not really a holiday, but Halloween is better. No, it's not. Halloween. You don't even like candy that much. Yes, but I love costumes and ghosts. When have you liked ghosts? And, and pirates. Uh, pirates are... A pirate ghost? A pirate ghost. A pizza <laughs> ghost. <laughs> uh, 
No, this seriously, movie, when this have you liked won ghosts? Oscars. <laughs> seriously, when did you like ghosts? I just I like spooky things. Since when? I always like spooky things. Ferris. I go to sleep listening to spooky podcasts. Not Ferris. your weird. Watching murder. Scooby-Doo does not mean you like Scooby-Doo spooky. Scooby-Doo is very, very spooky. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's right. Guacamole. Uh, <laughs> yep, that's right. Guacamole. <laughs> that's a Scooby-Doo reference. You should go watch it because it's really good. But you know what's also very good? The Leonardo DiCaprio-led movie, The Aviator. Yes, go which, into it. Which please. I've been told has won Oscars. Yes, it's... Yes, I even remember watching the Oscars in 2005. But not the Oscar, just some Oscars. Some Oscars, and it winning. And I wanted to watch it then. Yeah, I think I did watch it then, but I was, like... Young. I was kind of... Like, it was that period where my parents would watch movies, and I would just kind of be there. Mm -hmm. But speaking of which, I'm shocked this movie is PG-13. Why? I feel like if it was made today, it would have been R-rated. Why? There's not anything that would be R-rated. No, no, no. I feel like the story should have been R-rated. You think it should have been made R-rated? Yeah. I think it should have been a little raunchier. Why? Because Howard Hughes was a raunchy man. But I don't think the focus was supposed to be on his sexual escapades. The focus was supposed to be on his slow descent into madness yeah and his struggles with ocd but we also spent a lot of the movie looking at leonardo dicaprio's naked ass oh yeah and i was okay with that Mm. okay go into what this movie's about because i think we've jumped the gun (laughs) a little bit so if anyone hasn't seen the aviator it's about the billionaire uh playboy philanthropist uh Known as... uh, Those are the things you pick? He created the modern day airplane. Okay. He's an engineer. I'm sorry. I don't think of him as a playboy or a... Not a philanthropist. He's a a film director (laughs) and producer and engineer. Okay. So billionaire playboy philanthropist. Where is he philanthropist? Is the... Where does he conduct philanthropy? Is how Tony Stark referred to himself... In the first Avengers movie. But he's not Tony Stark. Tony Stark wants to be Howard Hughes. Yeah, so Tony Stark is based off Howard Hughes. So I'm going to call him... Okay, fine. Billionaire playboy philanthropist, Howard Hughes. Okay. uh, And his life and his um, problem with OCD uh, and how... His struggle. His struggle with OCD and what triggers it to get worse throughout the movie, Mm -hmm. but also some of the, his most famous, um, achievements Mm -hmm. and just intricacies as a person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Adam Scott plays Johnny Mayer, not to be confused with John Mayer. I asked you not to do that joke. Uh, (laughs) who is, uh, really only in like the first third of the movie. He's later. Ferris got an email. Mute mute that. Um, He's he's in a later in the movie when he gets in that crash. Okay. So I'm going to talk about that scene. Okay. Because it's so weird. Okay, but he's the PR guy. He's his PR guy. He's the PR guy specifically for like during Howard Hughes' life where he focused on movies um, and directing the character that um, Scott played was mm-hmm. was involved. 
I looked up Johnny Mayer. Uh, I don't know if it's based off a real person because there's a current actor named Johnny Mayer. Mm. Uh, so that's all that came up. So, Are you sure you didn't look up John Mayer? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I had to do it because you made the terrible joke. Mm, I had to chime in. You were, yeah, forced your hand. So where was that? Yes. So Johnny he's Mayer. only in, really in the first third of the movie. Uh, I would say the second third of the movie is kind of like his his uh, plane design focus was with the military. Uh, and his own airline business. And his own airline business. And then the last third of the movie is like him very dramatically falling into his um, recluse lifestyle. And, Poor guy. And his OCD. I feel for him. It was a good movie. Adam Scott was good in it. He was really good in it in that mustache. He grew a mustache. He had amazing hair. He had a great uh, accent. Uh, So in the first third of the movie, you see him coming in and out, just basically talking to him, saying you should do this, or being in several dinner scenes with him. Uh, But the scene you're talking about is... Uh, Howard Hughes, uh, in real life, gets it, got into a very bad uh, plane cl- crash with the, uh, I forget the name, Sorry, 11, I think? I don't remember the name. Uh, it was big. It was the it was the spy plane that he was developing yes. for the military. He gets into a crash, almost dies. And even though he had been on screen for like 15 minutes, Adam Scott and Jude Law, Jude Law just show up outside his window uh, of, his, of the hospital, hospital don't say a word, and then they're gone for the rest of the movie. Yeah. It, it's very odd, especially since Jude Law just had one scene where he just really annoyed Howard Hughes and then left. Mm-hmm. Um, Can we talk about Leo? I suppose. Such a good performance. He did such a good job. But he always does a good job. He does. He was so good. And I will tell the audience who's listening, Ferris seems to want to hold on to the fact that he doesn't like Martin Scorsese films, yet he liked The Aviator. I did like The Proving Aviator. to him that not all Martin Scorsese films are like Raging Bull. Honestly, you know, Raging Bull was just directed boring. I liked it. But the story wasn't boring. Uh, what was directed boring and the story was boring and I will die on a hill is Irishman. I liked the way it was directed. I have explained to you why I think it was directed that way. I have always had an issue with his musical choice, his music choices. And The Aviator is the first time I've actually liked the music and felt like it worked. So I think he... He did a good job in getting um, a music direct, like a music director that worked for the film. Um, I also loved his direction in terms of like lighting the film and coloring of the film mm-hmm. because immediately you come in, and I love old movies. Ferris knows this. I watch a ton of old movies. They're my favorite things to watch. I don't know why they give me a sense of calm. They're much. They're a much simpler form of like okay, like not not simple in bad way, but they're just much easier. I guess they're just much more relaxing to watch. They're not as stressful to watch. Yeah, like even Casablanca, where the story is pretty stressful. Like it, I never felt stressed watching it. 
They don't. I guess. I also enjoy the style of acting, to be quite honest, mm. in old films. But he chose to use the colors of old films and the way that they used to colorize the film as a way to kind of tell the story. Not only to kind of indicate which time, like which decade you're in, but also to kind of indicate how far from madness or how far from his reclusive um, nature, I don't know how to describe this, Howard Hughes is. And I thought that was beautifully done. Mm-hmm. It was so good. And the costumes, perfect. I was so happy with those. Especially the Katherine Hepburn costumes because I love Katherine Hepburn's style. Yeah. So, yes, I'm sorry. I just had to t- had to talk about it because I really enjoyed this movie. I love Leonardo DiCaprio. Kate Blanchett yeah. was great. In comparison, Ava Gardner didn't, like, dress particularly like interestingly kate ava gardner was beautiful no no no, was beautiful but i just like i noticed the costume choices for katherine hepburn then more so than i did for uh, maybe it's because it was jarring in comparison to the rest of the women of the time because she chose to wear pants Mm -hmm. wear pants but ava gardner has some beautiful head pieces so some beautiful hats and her her dresses were always very jeweled tones. It was gorgeous. I actually really liked Ava Gardner's. But it is a very different style of dress, which was more akin to the times, while Katherine Hepburn was very vocal about the part. She yeah. wasn't going to be wearing, like, dresses mm-hmm. all the time. She was going to be wearing pants. Yeah. Hence why I love her. And I thought Kate um, Blanchett did a great job. Kate Beckinsale also did a really good job as Ava Gardner. Mm-hmm. Um, as I noted earlier, John C. Riley is amazing in everything he does. We will be seeing him again soon for Stuff Brothers. Um, but I love John C. Riley. Um, yeah. So anything else? I'm sorry. I totally took the mic and had to give my own spiel. I think it would be worth you know, going into, you know, some of the airplanes, because I think they, they, were, they were also the <laughs> stars Ferris's, of the show. That was Ferris's uh, favorite even though part. I, uh, okay, so please forgive me. I confused SR-71 with the XF-11. So I said SR-11. Uh, both spy planes, mm-hmm. both Marvels. Uh, but yes, so the Hughes XF-11 is the plane that he flew. I think I thought the design of it was really well done. Uh, when it flew, you could tell it was CGI, but when it was on the ground, it just looked marble glorious. And the tank of the plane, tank of a plane. The Hercules, yeah. which there's a great YouTube video on mega projects about the Hercules uh just such a such an interesting plane and i loved how the movie used it i i am of the opinion that the movie could have used the hercules a little bit better uh but Sherian disagrees with me i disagree with you completely so my opinion about howard hughes is that you know the hercules was this amazing amazing plane that could do what it did needed to do but it never did it it just it, the story of it is that it literally is this wooden plane with the the wingspan as tall as the Statue of Liberty, and it was Howard Hughes's like love project, and he 
basically proved his his entire existence on this plane flying at some point in his life. Um, and in real life, the plane flew for two miles, 27 feet in the air, and then landed. But there is no demand for it, and the, the, it never actually achieved, like it never did, got to its limit. It never achieved what it could have achieved. I think that that's a reflection of Howard Hughes, where he is this amazing, fantastic, amazing, uh, limitless person who that limit was cut short because of extenuating circumstances. In the case of Howard Hughes, it being his his OCD, and the movie framed the Hercules in being his magnum opus. It framed the Her- Hercules as his magnum opus, which I really liked. It would have been cool if it was, they did the little bit of what I was saying, where I think they're... I think it's too on the nose. I loved the way that they did this, because you can't just, you can't only talk about the Hercules. you completely ignoring the entire reason why, like, his entire backstory, because yeah. you have to... For me, in my personal opinion, I would have rather gone a little bit further back because I learned a little bit more about Howard Hughes. His mom was a hypochondriac and like in like enforced that within Howard and it created this OCD, this he was so germaphobic and he had such bad OCD and he was kind of trained that way growing up. He she and, was also like a, a hell of a xenophile. Yeah. Xenophobe. Mm-hmm. Xenophobe where, you know, everyone else was out to get her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she really, other than, you know, the racism, she really ingrained that in him where everyone else and then me. And I find it fascinating because you need that background. You need the background of the time in his life when he was good, which was when he was starting into directing he was good. Like, his OCD was much more manageable. He wasn't as intense. He wasn't going through, um, like, points where he was repeating things over and over and over again. And I think you need that to get to the Hercules. Because you can't do an entire movie just about the Hercules because you're missing an entire portion. You're focusing on one aspect of it, and you can't really frame a story around one aspect of it. You need everything else yeah. to build to it. Here's, okay, how about this? Okay, so this is directly contradicting, and it makes no sense for me to even suggest this, because the movie did end and start perfectly. Where it started with his mom being finicky with him mm-hmm. while she he, she was dressing him and then telling bathing him, him. Bathing him and telling him some of the things that now become a big aspect of his life, and the movie ends with that, and you see where he's at. In my mind, to me, it could have, could have, I'm not saying it would have been better because I'm admitting it's not going to be better, but somehow, if in my head, the movie started with the Hercules and ended with the Hercules, because... That's boring. The only reason you want to see that is because you like planes. That's boring (laughs) as hell. Maybe OCD is boring as hell. I don't know. Ferris, no, the reason I think this movie was good is because you had the mix of I know, I his know. romances, his engineering genius, 
it, it makes guess, it well I guess, together. I guess it's just who what's most important to to each person, to each of us. And I agree that as a story, as a whole, and you know, as a human experience, the OCD is more important. Like I would have loved for this movie to show a little bit more about the fact that Howard Hughes was married three times, yeah. one of which was like an arranged marriage. But it doesn't serve the purpose of the yeah. story. The purpose of the story is to explain like the eccentricities of this man and to kind of lean into certain characteristics that he had, that mm-hmm. people have said about him. So the fact that he was a playboy, the fact that he was a marvelous engineer, stuff like that. Like they leaned into things that were purposeful as opposed to just focusing on one aspect. That's my, as a reason I enjoyed this film. I thought it was very, very good. I thought it was very good as well. It's probably, okay, definitely the best movie or anything we've watched so far. I don't know. Girl is pretty darn good. <laughs> killing me. <laughs> Absolutely killing me. Oh, girl, that was a good okay, movie. Okay, but we're in 2004 now, which is only four years away from Step Brothers. I know. I'm excited to watch Step Brothers. I don't know how. We have to. I don't know why I'm so excited to watch Step Brothers, but I am. You, oh, we also you... didn't talk about the fact that Alec Baldwin was in this film playing Jack Donaghy. <laughs> <He was laughs> Jack Donaghy. I was like, oh, you're the same characters. And Alan Alda was in this, which was amazing. I love Alan Alda. Yeah, Alan Alda did a good job. Everyone in the movie did a good job. Yeah. I'm thinking, trying to think of someone who didn't. No, I can't think of one. Like, uh, Bilbo did a great job. (laughs) He was so cute. I'm very... The mathematician about boobs. (laughs) Oh, yes. Uh, You should watch the movie, because if mathematician about boobs confused you. The Matador is the next movie. It's an R-rated movie called The Matador is next. Can we find it? Is the question. It's (gasps) then it's Veronica Mars. Yeah, we have we have quite a way to ways to go to Step Brothers. Did we skip Party Down? No, Party Down is is late. Keep going up. Oh, I just don't know when Party Down started. Is the oops. I really thought Party Down was was before Step Brothers. Oh, God. Okay, so Step Brothers isn't that far away. Started yeah. in 2009. Yeah. Okay. Is there well, anything else? We do else? have one 10-episode show before before we get to Step Brothers. Uh, and Law and Order. Come on. <gasps> yes! Yay! More so of these shows. Done with... Detective shows. Are there any more thoughts you had on The Aviator that you would like to share? If I ever watch another Martin Scorsese movie. Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. We'll have to see if it's just a... It's Leonardo DiCaprio and he's phenomenal. And you know I hate Jonah Hill and I loved Jonah Hill and Wolf of Wall Street. Look, I have three very strong movie opinions and there's always the exception to the rule. True. Uh, Tom Cruise is a boring actor. Boring ass <laughs> except actor. Except for Tropic Thunder. Except for Tropic Thunder. Uh, there are no good spy movies. Except for Austin Powers. What? 
Is Born considered a spy movie? Yeah. Wow. Shots fired. Okay, no, you know okay, Born okay, is phenomenal. Good, okay, good. No good is a bad way to say it. There, I find, I personally find spy movies to be very boring. Jason Bourne and, killed someone with a pen. And I say the exception to that would be Captain America's Little Soldiers. No. Winter Soldier. It. Born is amazing. It's okay. It's so, where are we watching it? I love that movie. Can we at least watch the second or third one? You want to watch the Born Supremacy or the Born Ultimatum instead of the Born Identity? Because I've already watched the Born Identity. Yeah, but you got to watch all three. Okay, I'll go in with an open mind. They're good. Mm. I enjoy them. Yeah. Julia Stiles is in them. What's not to love? Matt Damon is in them. Goodwill fucking hunting. <laughs> <laughs> The reason the Jason Bourne series is really good is because of Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> no, I'm just, you know, yeah. just saying things. What if Adam Scott was in Goodwill Hunting? I feel like his career would be completely different. Would it? Yeah, I think He's so. He's been in some random ass movies so yeah, far. Yeah, but in Goodwill Hunting, you have the Matt Damon, the Ben Afflecks, and then you have Robin Williams and Casey um, Affleck, right? All of them have been very successful. I mean, he's been in movies with Morgan Freeman, the girl. That's true. He was in Morgan Freeman movie. That was a weird movie. A Morgan Freeman movie and uh, But it's different. It's like Matt and Ben. They're like, no. What if Adam Scott was like Adam and Aubrey Plaza? Maybe they become... (laughs) You know, one of the best storylines in... In Parks and Rec is when they're on they're on their own. Oh, because he goes to Washington D.C. and she's his assistant. So that like it basically becomes like they have their own storyline, and then everyone else has their other another storyline. And it's huh. that's one of the best parts. Well, that sounds exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's all. Wonderfalls. I couldn't find it, so we're not watching it. Okay, so the Matador possibly or. Veronica Mars. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Well. <gasps> Monster-in-law? No way. Yay! With Jane Fonda and J-Lo. Oh, I haven't seen this movie in a very long time. Get ready for a rom-com. Oh, my God. This is an actor of our generation, Adam <laughs> Scott. Please follow us on our Instagram at actor underscore of underscore our underscore generation. Thank you all for listening. I hope you all have a great December. And we'll be back in two weeks. Bye.